But if you're going to be in the covenant, the covenant was cut not with a Roman-rooted Gentile church. The covenant is cut with the house of Israel and the house of Yehudah. Hallelujah. So you have to be grafted in. And Shaul writes all about that. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. That's what we say to those of you who are watching by video. If you have an ear, then hear this message. If you have a heart to hear, hear what Yah is saying through these words. Believe upon Yeshua. Receive the circumcision of the heart. Receive the want-to heart and the power to be obedient. Be set apart and obey the Bible. Love Yah the way Yah wants to be loved through obedience. And do exactly what Yeshua said. Endure to the end and you shall be saved. Hallelujah. Notice in verse 10, he who brings into captivity shall go into captivity. He who kills with the sword has to be killed with the sword. This is talking about judgment. Judgment is coming. We have to know that judgment is coming. And by the way, there is a religious doctrine that says if you just mentally acknowledge that, quote, Jesus is the Christ, then that's all you have to do. And once you're, quote, saved then you are always saved and you will miss any judgment. Well, all of that is untrue. All of that is a lie. Believing upon Yeshua empowers you to obedience. And obedience is what pleases the master. He will give you his breath to empower you to endure. If you endure to the end of your life and you die in obedience, you will be resurrected in the resurrection of the righteous. If you're alive when Yeshua returns, then you have endured to the end. You will be gathered up when Yeshua returns. And so don't believe the lies of religion. Believe the truth. Notice, here is the endurance and the belief of the set-apart ones. Now, we're going to read about the false prophet because the false prophet works alongside anti-Mashiach and has authority and power as well. Verse 11, And I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb. Now that's important. He looks like a lamb. And spoke like a dragon. Now what image does that bring to your mind? That he looks like a lamb. He looks peaceful like a lamb. He's beautiful and calm like a little lamb. When you look at him. But when you listen to him, he speaks like a dragon. So the false prophet could very well be a religious person with great influence who looks like a lamb. He seems to be a man of belief. He seems to be a man of peace. But when he speaks, he speaks like a dragon. And he's going to speak blasphemies as well. Verse 12. And he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence. So he exercises the same authority 
that was given by Hasatan to anti-Mashiach, he exercises that same authority in the presence of anti-Mashiach. Notice, and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast. Notice, whose deadly wound was healed. So the role of the false prophet is to cause the whole world to worship the beast whose deadly wound was healed. You see how they they think he's a miracle worker? Why, that was a miracle. He's invincible. They might even say he must be a deity. And the false prophet could very well be cloaked in religion. Someone who has great religious influence. Who when he says follow the beast, millions of people will follow. If he gives his approval to the beast, he has that kind of influence. Millions will follow. Verse 13. And he does great signs so that he even makes fire come down from the heaven on the earth before men. I think about the magicians of Egypt and how they went toe-to-toe with Moshe and Aharon for a very short season. And they were able to do things that appeared to be miraculous. It appeared that they could do the same miracles as Moshe and Aharon, but they were signs of deception. And I think about the technology that we have today. I don't know exactly how this fire is going to come down from heaven. But I know that we have laser technology that can come out of the heavens and do great destruction. I know a Tomahawk missile can come off of a destroyer somewhere in the ocean and rain down fire from heaven. And so we must know that the false prophet is going to perform signs, but they're signs of deception. And he leads astray those dwelling on the earth because of those signs which he was given to do before the beast. They're going to see some things and marvel, and they're going to believe. They're going to believe the false prophet. They're going to believe the anti-Mashiach because of these signs. And he leads astray those dwelling on the earth Because of those signs which he was given to do before the beast, saying to those dwelling on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword, yet lived. You see, this has been mentioned now several times. This mortal wound that he survived. The fact that they marvel at him because his wound was healed and They're going to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword, yet lived. Now, we go back to what we learned in the book of Daniel, and we see Antiochus Epiphanes erecting a statue of a chief Greek deity with his own face on it. Demanding to be worshipped. That statue is erected in 
the most set-apart place in the dwelling place of Yah in Yerushalayim. When Yeshua taught about Antimashiach, he quoted Daniel. Daniel said that this little horn that points to the Antimashiach of the last days is a man. Yeshua quotes Daniel. We studied last night in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 that Shaul, or the Apostle Paul, calls the Antimashiach the son of destruction, the man of lawlessness. And I know that there are some people who believe that the Antimessiah is a spirit. And they say, well, you know, the mark of the beast in the right hand and in the forehead means what a person does, their right hand, what he does, and what he thinks. The problem with that doctrine is the scripture doesn't say the mark is in both the right hand and the forehead. It says the mark is in the right hand or the forehead. So this idea that the Antimashiach is just a spirit is incorrect. The Antimashiach will be a man empowered by Hasatan. He will have a false prophet who will do signs and wonders in his midst. And the false prophet will demand that the whole earth worships the image of the beast. Again, I mentioned a moment ago, if the image is projected in the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem, how can the whole world see it? There will be a technology available at the time that people have already begun to worship. And anti-Mashiach will use that technology, I believe, to give his speeches and to communicate to the whole world and to blaspheme Elohim. And the false prophet will demand all people to worship the image of the beast. The technology is already in place. If they're already worshiping their phones, you can't get them off their phones. Every second they're not focused on something else, they're on their phones. They're entertained by their phones. When they have nothing to do, they're flipping around on their apps. They're on their phones. You can see how the phone could be used as a source of communication by anti-Mashiach. And that people are already bowing down to them. And so when he comes on some device of technology and people see his image and they listen to his speeches, then they will be postured to bow down and worship the image of the beast. All right, we are at verse 15. And there was given to him to give spirit to the image of the beast. In other words, the image is going to look like it's alive. Well, when you watch a video, doesn't the video look like the person's alive? And there was given to him to give spirit to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak, notice, and cause to be killed as many as would not worship the image of the beast. I don't know exactly the technology that's going to be used, but I know that we already have laser technology and there are other technologies out there that could fulfill this prophecy. 
And he causes all, both small and great and rich and poor and free and slave to be given a mark. Notice, upon their right hand, does it say and? No, it says or upon their foreheads. And that no one should be able to buy or sell except he has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. You know, our whole life is controlled by buying and selling. We've talked about getting groceries. You have to go to the grocery store to buy groceries. If you have a business, you have to be able to sell your product. If you want to travel, you have to buy a ticket. All of our life depends upon our buying and selling. And so if the anti-Mashiach wants to control the world, then if he controls a global market, especially if we have at that time a global currency, and we have a one-world government where the entire world looks to the leadership of this anti-Mashiach, and there's one currency, and you have to have the mark to be able to tap in to the global markets, to be able to have a bank account, you have to have the mark. Anyone who shows up at a place where commerce is done and you don't have the mark, you're not going to be able to engage. You may actually be arrested and interrogated and executed. I know that these aren't joyful things to talk about, but it will be joyful when you know these things and you take measures to not fall into the trap of being caught off guard, finding yourself still in the large cities where the controllers are controlling. You haven't bought a piece of land somewhere. You're not growing your own food. You haven't stored up any food. And then you're going to be looking for other brothers and sisters to provide for you. You need to provide for yourself. This is important, folks. The people in our ministry who know me know that I'm not a conspiracy theorist. You folks that have been watching my videos for a long time know that you don't hear conspiracies out of me. What I've been doing is meditating upon these scriptures. I'm looking at the technology that already exists. And I'm beginning to see the possibilities of things. And I feel like I've been raised up by the Father. And empowered by His breath to warn people of what's to come. And those who heed the message will be prepared. Those who listen and are sarcastic. Those who listen and say, ha ha, that's not it. You're going to be caught off guard. You're going to be deceived. You're going to fall under the mystery of lawlessness. And you're going to find those days, the last three and a half years, very, very distressing and troubling. And I believe... Many who profess to be believers are going to take the mark simply because they want to feed their families. 
All right. Verse 18, here is the wisdom. He who has understanding, that's the point. Do you have understanding? Are you willing to understand? He who has understanding, let him calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 666. All right, I want to spend some time over in Revelation 14, and we're going to pick up with verse 9. Notice what it says here. And a third messenger followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image... So the image is going to be made available to all people. If anyone worships the beast, the word worship means worth-ship. In other words, to give value to. A lot of times we think it's bowing down, you know, and all of that. It's to value what the beast is doing. To believe the beast is doing something beneficial. Something that's serving the people. Giving value to the beast. In other words, being sold into the deception. To think the the deception is the truth. And what the beast is doing is right. And some people may believe that the anti-Mashiach is actually the Mashiach. That's what it means to worship the beast. If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark upon his forehead or upon his hand, another place says right hand, he also shall drink of the wine of the wrath of Elohim. Now there's a passage that says we're not reserved for wrath, the wrath of Elohim. Elohim is not going to pour out his wrath upon his chosen people. We will have to face wrath. It's the wrath of the dragon. The wrath of the serpent. The wrath of Hasatan. Because the scripture says that Hasatan is going to give the anti-Mashiach authority and power to overcome the set-apart ones. So there's going to be a battle. We are going to have to wage war with the anti-Mashiach and demon forces and Hasatan. But the wrath of Elohim is not reserved for his set-apart ones. The wrath of Elohim comes upon those who worship the beast and his image and those who receive his mark upon their forehead or upon their hand. So you've heard me say over the last few nights, whatever you do, don't worship the beast. Don't worship his image. Don't get sucked into whatever technology is being used and you're you're standing there mesmerized looking at these speeches. Don't even look at those speeches. Get rid of that device before he's ever making those speeches. And don't take the mark. Don't take the mark. Whatever you do, don't take the mark. You say, well, I have to sell my products to be able to make a living for my family. Well, if you take the mark, the wrath of Elohim is coming upon you. Well, I have to buy groceries to be able to feed my family. If you take the mark, the wrath of Elohim is coming upon you. If you take his mark, the mark of the beast, you are in the same camp with the beast. You have aligned yourself with the beast and with Hasatan. 
you are being deceived. So don't take the mark. Look at verse 10. He also shall drink of the wine of the wrath of Elohim, which is poured out undiluted into the cup of his wrath. That's the full strength of his wrath that's coming upon those who worship the beast and take his mark. And he shall be tortured with fire and sulfur before the set-apart messengers and before the Lamb. That's what happens to those who worship the beast, who align themselves with the beast, who worship his image, and who take his mark. And the smoke of their torture goes up forever and ever. And they have no rest, day or night. Notice, those worshiping the beast and his image. Also, if anyone receives the mark of his name. Here is the endurance of the set-apart ones. Here are those, notice, guarding the commands of Elohim and the belief of Yeshua. So guarding the commands of Elohim is obeying the first Shema of Torah. Having a belief that produces obedience is obeying the second Shema of Torah. Now go with me over to Revelation chapter 15. And we'll pick up with verse 1. It says, And I saw another sign in the heaven, great and marvelous, seven messengers having the seven last plagues, for the wrath of Elohim was ended in them. And I saw like a sea of glass mixed with fire, and those overcoming the beast and his image and his mark and the number of his name standing on the sea of glass holding harps of Elohim. So there will be those who overcome the beast and his image and his mark and the number of his name. I want you to see yourself in that group that you're going to overcome. You're not going to succumb, but you're going to overcome the beast and not take his mark. Notice, and they sing the song of Moshe, the servant of Elohim, and the song of the Lamb. So they're not singing one song or the other. They're singing both songs. They're singing the song of Moshe, the servant of Elohim. And we have a teaching on this. And the song of the Lamb saying, Great and marvelous are your works, Yah El Shaddai. Righteous and true are your ways, O sovereign of the set-apart ones. Who shall not fear you, O Yah, and esteem your name? Because you alone are kind. Notice, because all nations shall come and worship before you, for your righteousnesses have been made manifest. And so there will be a remnant of all the nations who will gather to worship before Yah. We're talking about overcomers. And that is why we're proclaiming these messages. Because we want the body of overcomers to grow. We want there to be a great body of overcomers from every nation. 
those who refuse to worship the beast or his image, and they refuse to take the mark of the beast in their right hand or upon their forehead. Let's look at Revelation chapter 20 and verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was given to them, and the lives of those who had been beheaded because of the witness they bore to Yeshua, and because of the word of Elohim, and who did not worship the beast, nor his image, and did not receive his mark upon their foreheads, or upon their hands. And they lived and reigned with Messiah for a thousand years. And so we will have to resist. We will have to be prepared. We will go through distressing times. Some of us may be called to lay down our lives for the sake of the rain. But our reward is great. We will rule and reign with Mashiach for a thousand years of shalom on the earth. The alternative is to take the mark, maybe to feed your family, maybe to sell your your goods, your products, to keep some idea of a normal life going forward and yet the wrath of Elohim will be poured out and you will suffer torture before the messengers and before the Lamb. I know what camp I'm committed to be in. I'm going to follow Yeshua. When He called me and when He called you, when He called His early Followers, what did he say? Follow me. Follow me. Why would we follow him? He's the only one who made it to the right hand. He not only knows the way, he is the way. The truth and the life. No one comes unto the Father except by him. All right, our final few verses out of Revelation 19. And we're going to read verses 19 through 21. It says in verse 19, And I saw the beast and the sovereigns of the earth and their armies. You remember when I spoke of the anti-Mashiach bringing together a multinational military force to wage war against Israel because they refuse to worship the beast and his image that had been placed in the rebuilt temple. Let's read these verses. And I saw the beast and the sovereigns of the earth and their armies gathered together to fight him who sat on the horse, speaking of Yeshua, and his army. And the beast was seized. When Yeshua comes back, we're going to talk about this more tonight and how he deals with the house of Yehudah. It's marvelous what we're going to talk about tomorrow night. But Yeshua is going to return. 
And they will look upon him who they pierced. So anti-Mashiach is going to wage war against Israel just before they're utterly destroyed. Yeshua is going to return. They're going to see him, the one they pierced, and they will mourn for him as one who mourns for an only son. And the scripture says a spirit of favor and supplication will be poured out upon them. And they will cry out, blessed is he who comes in the name of Yah. Because Yeshua, before he went to the tree and died in our place and was resurrected and ascended, he told the Yehudim, you will not see me again until you cry out, blessed is he who comes in the name of Yah. Hallelujah. At that time, the anti-Mashiach will be seized along with his false prophet. And they will be thrown into the lake of fire. The armies of the nations who have come against Israel will be destroyed. And Yeshua will establish his reign. It says, and the beast was seized. And with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence. By which he, the false prophet, led astray those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. The two were thrown alive into the lake of fire burning with sulfur. And the rest were killed with the sword which comes from the mouth of him who sat on the horse. That's speaking of Yeshua. And all the birds were filled with their flesh. <laughs> 